Well, hello there. Uh, you are listening to the Film Survivor Podcast. This is your host, Tom Santilli. Uh, I am in Las Vegas, actually, as we speak right now. I was here uh, this week um, for a convention uh, for my business. And, uh, you know, I wanted to start off, you know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a luxury that we all get to watch a show like Survivor and take it seriously like it actually matters uh, when there's, you know, things like, what happened at uh, Mandalay Bay uh, going on in the world. So this is not a political podcast, but uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't, um, you know, tell people that I, I think that this situation deserves more than thoughts and prayers. I think that uh, if it isn't gun control um, laws and stuff like that, that's fine. But how about something? There's got to be something done, right? Anyway, uh, for what it's worth, my thoughts are out to those victims uh, that I was here in Vegas with. It was just a surreal week to be in Vegas, a place full of fun and, you know, excitement. And there was really just like a, you know, a cloud over, over the top of everything. And, you know, obviously it was all that anybody was talking about or dealing with. And it was just kind of surreal to be so close. But anyway, uh, heartfelt thoughts to those affected by this horrible, horrible tragedy. But onwards with Survivor. Uh, so last night, of course, we had episode two of Survivor, uh, Heroes, I'm going to mess this up every time I go to say it, Heroes, Healers, and Hustlers, or as I like to call it, Survivor Triple H. Um, yeah, this episode, I was, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, I liked it overall. Nothing special with it. There were no Survivor firsts. There were, you know, no, um, really craziness or anything groundbreaking, but, you know, ultimately, uh, just a solid episode. I thought that it was a good contrast to the first week's episode that uh, was really, seemed really rushed last week. You know, it was a 60-minute premiere. Usually they do like a 90-minute or a, a two-hour premiere. But uh, last week's premiere was very rushed. There were several players that we didn't get to see. Um, some of the strategy didn't even make sense because it was flying by so quickly. And then it just, it just felt overstuffed. Uh, cut to this week, and I really just kind of liked the pace of it. The pace of it felt good. Uh, we didn't really even get into the immunity challenge until about 40 minutes into the episode, which was kind of neat. We got to spend that first 40 minutes uh, kind of um, figuring out you know, who some of these people are and seeing some of the dynamics kind of take shape, which I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, Starting off with Chrissy, um, Chrissy last week, you know, made the mind-boggling move at the time. Everybody was like, how did she not use her super idol? You know, you have this power. How did you not use it? Why did you not use it? We had to wait till this week to get answers. And, uh, luckily we got those answers in the first few minutes of the episode. And, uh, I guess we all owe Chrissy an apology because, uh, it's actually a pretty sweet idea that she has, which was, you know, she didn't need to play the super idol to save herself. Uh, she gets to hang on to the actual idol. Now, even though it doesn't have any power in the game, necessarily, it still can wield some power because she plans to use it as like a decoy idol, you know, where maybe she, if she gets into trouble or she needs to use it as uh, something to firm up an alliance um, or scare people away from voting for her, she could always take this idol out and flash it. And, I mean, it's it looks legit because it's a legit idol that was created by, you know, Survivor. Um, and nobody's going to question that it's a legitimate idol of some kind. So to have that kind of power with this decoy idol is huge. Now, of course, Ryan knows about the power because he's the one who gave the idol to Chrissy, and 
if these two players eventually are on the same tribe and meet up and talk and that sort of thing, you know, it, the truth might come out as to what this idol is or whatnot. But as of yet, Chrissy hasn't had to use it, hasn't had to show it, and I think it's a great idea to hang on to it. I mean, I think that gives her much more leverage in the game than it ever would have had she just have saved Katrina with it. So kudos to Chrissy. And uh, for right now, I mean, I, I feel like she's got a handle on the game. Uh, you know, she is really good at access, assessing her tribe. She sees Ben right now as her go-to um, alliance member. And uh, despite that, though, she's keeping all of the other people kind of in her pocket. You know, she, she's not burning any bridges, so to speak. The other player uh, through two weeks that is catching my eye is Allie over at the Hustlers Tribe. Uh, she's getting a lot of screen time and being shown, portrayed in what would some might call that early winner's edit, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, she's kind of behind the scenes strategic and she's not really making too many moves out in public, uh, but you can kind of see the wheels turning. She looks to have a great social game, and uh, this week we kind of saw we saw some of the dynamics over at the Hustlers Tribe. Now, her relationship with Patrick... I'm not going to get into, uh, you know, crazy conspiracy theories here, but you can go read about it and find out about it online and other places. But there's some rumors out there that Allie and Patrick actually knew each other before the game. Uh, they're from the same college or from the same hometown or something like that. I don't really know too much about it, but I did hear that. So there might be more to the relationship between Allie and Patrick that could have played into why Allie decided to keep Patrick over Simone. But that being said... Um, I mean, Simone was not the kind of person long for this game, right? Speaking of Simone, coming up shortly, right after my little rambling recap here, is going to be on my exit interview with Simone. Forgot to mention that at the top, but uh, yeah, I'm going to be speaking with Simone and uh, talking to her about her experiences in the game. Uh, she only lasted six days, but we will be talking to Simone uh, coming up here soon. But yeah, she just wasn't, you know, wasn't going to be long for the game. Um, she's said over and over she wasn't experienced out in the, you know, she had never camped, wasn't an outdoors person. Uh, kudos to her, though, for putting herself out there. Even Allie mentioned in the in the show, you know, that she had um, noticed that Simone was really trying to put herself out there. She gutted the fish. She was trying to show people her worth. But when you got to hear her talk, now, we didn't get to meet Simone at all, really, during the premiere app. But once we got to hear her talk, uh, you know, this week, we kind of learned, too, that she's very soft-spoken, um, She's kind of, you know, muted personality a little bit, and that really doesn't fly too well on Survivor usually. I mean, most of the time, uh, you know, those people don't, ha or they have a problem connecting with other people, therefore they get voted out a lot. So, wasn't too surprised to see Simone go. I don't know if she would have been able to last 39 days anyway with, you know, with her lack of experience uh, to all this, but... Uh, that cuts things down to five over at the Hustlers Tribe. And uh, what, what that means is that the Healers Tribe is the one that has yet to go to Tribal. Now, over at Healers Camp, some interesting developments to this episode, where Joe, uh, who I think by far is the most aggressive player of the season thus far, uh, Joe, um, for whatever reason, has his eyes set on Dr. Mike. Now, Joe's downfall might be his rigidness with his, his strategy. He doesn't seem like somebody who's going to be adapting too much at this point. Uh, proof of that is... You know, he targeted Dr. Mike day one, 
And then he even admitted this episode he likes Dr. Mike and he sees him as a good guy. <laughs> uh, but that hasn't changed his ability to want to bond with him in any way or align with him. He still sees him as a target. Um, he's also aggressively looking for the idol. Now, other people might be too that we're not seeing on TV, but you know, Joe actively looked for the idol, found the clue, showed that he wasn't savvy enough to figure out the clue, had to pull Cole over, who, who figured it out basically in, within five seconds. So Joe kind of showed a few weaknesses in his game this week, despite now possessing an idol. By telling Cole about it, as we saw in next week's preview, you know, Cole tells Jessica, those two are look like the they're going to be the showmans of the season. And, uh, you know, Cole mentioned that maybe that, that they should be taking out Joe. So, obviously, <laughs> Joe's plan looks to be backfiring right now by telling Cole about the idol. But we'll have to see how it plays out. An idol is always powerful, no matter when or how or why you have it. Uh, but that's going to be an interesting thing moving forward. So... You had some tribe stuff going on at the healer camp. You had the hustlers, of course, that went to tribal council. And then you had the stuff with Chrissy and kind of her jockeying uh, for position over at the heroes tribe. All of which, what I, what I felt, made for a pretty good, straightforward episode of Survivor that really gave us some more insight. Uh, with that insight, you know, I kind of liked it because it, it, it revealed to us that there are a lot of players this season that we might want to root for. You know, there's not too many people that are kind of abrasive right now. Patrick probably falls into that category. You know, he's some people like the character on the show. Other people might find him annoying. Um, no matter what, the Patrick-Lauren dynamic is going to be interesting moving forward. Lauren cracked me up this week with her um, <laughs> with her lack of emotion as she tried to bite her tongue around Patrick. Uh, we got to see a lot of Lauren this you know this evening or last evening or the night of the show depending on when you're listening to this so yeah uh you know i'd, I'd look for that but other than really patrick maybe you don't like joe's aggressive gameplay maybe cole and jessica you know you don't like showmances so they're annoying to you because they're hooking up uh, but I, I feel like there's a lot of likable players out there a lot of people that we still haven't you know quite met all that much we haven't seen much of rourke uh we haven't seen much of desi uh but I'm sure we will as the, se- as the season unfolds here. So that being said, uh, that was episode two of Survivor Heroes, uh, Hustlers, Heroes, Healers, and Hustlers. I'm going to mess that up all season. But uh, before I get into the exit interview, I would like to plug one other quick thing. Uh, as you guys know, I'm a movie critic in addition to Survivor, and I put out uh, this podcast with the Survivor exit interviews, but from on occasion I'm, I put out bonus episodes kind of that deal in the realm of film because I'm a film critic. Uh, I get interviews here and there, and this past week uh, I was able to interview. It's a fascinating podcast, so I'm I'm urging you to if you're listening to this, please check out uh, this the previous podcast on the Film Survivor podcast. It's a uh, interview with a guy named Jeff Weitzman. Uh, Jeff Weitzman is a director of a film called uh, Cancer Can Be Killed. And it's a documentary right now that's available on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, it's available right now, so you can find it now and watch it. Uh, the documentary itself isn't like groundbreaking either in terms of like production quality, but its message is very fascinating. Uh, he talks about uh, several interesting things about our healthcare system, uh, it's nonpartisan kind of a thing. It's about cancer. It shows things that have actually been successful in the treating of cancer, but how it's 
limited due to um, you know red tape in our country. Uh, and it also talks about the importance of diet uh, in, in relation to uh, fighting cancer. But just some fascinating stuff, and I spoke to Jeff Weitzman, so I urge you to go check out that documentary. And then uh, check out the podcast, please, as well. Um, it's a good listen. It's only about a half hour long. And especially if you, you know, like me, my mom is battling uh, stage 3 melanoma. So if you are like me and know somebody with cancer or has been affected by cancer, this is going to be an eye-opening uh, documentary for you. Please check that out. So with that, uh, with that out of the way, uh, let's get into the exit interview here with Simone. Hi, Tom. Hey, Simone. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. I wish I were talking to you a little bit later in the season, maybe in December. I know. But, uh, <laughs> it is what it is, and now we're talking, so let's I, enjoy this. I always feel bad yeah, saying, oh, it's good to talk to you, because it sounds like I wanted to talk to you this early, yeah, but I definitely would have rather talked to you in, in December for sure. Um but there's it, like it, Survivor was a ton of fun. Like I don't regret a second of it. So lay it on me. Like any questions, <laughs> I will I will be a hundred percent frank and candid with you. Well, that's fantastic. I love that. Um. So yeah, I, I wanted to start by asking you just about um about the game itself when you decided to come out here. You know, we found out last night. We didn't see a lot of you in the premiere episode, but last night we yeah. got to see you know more of you. And um, you said you hadn't gone camping a day in your life all these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, were you, you obviously were aware, were you a fan of Survivor before coming onto the show? Yeah, actually, let me tell, so you're obviously like very into like the Survivor lore and everything. So let me yes. tell you about my favorite character. So my first season of Survivor was Claw Wrong. And you know Ty, right? Oh yeah. Perfect Ty, cute Ty. So my dad looks just like Ty, except for my dad is shorter and cuter. <laughs> and my dad is, like, my mom and dad, like, they're also refugees. So for me to, like, watch Ty go on the show and then do so well, it was almost just like, it was like seeing my own parents' experience. And I thought to myself, like, look, like, my parents have suffered so much. Ty has suffered so much. Like, there is so much, like, pain and heartache that doesn't have to do with, like, a reality show. Like, let's talk about me going on Survivor because – that is fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, like, I have trouble out there, and it's tough for me to be without air conditioning. But at the same <laughs> time, like, compared to what, like, my parents have gone through, compared to, like, what Ty has gone through, it's nothing. Sure. Okay. So in a weird, in a way, it's kind of, like, um, puts you through, like, a kind of some understanding of, of their experience. Yeah. I mean, I, to, to the extent, like, I had never left the country, um, you know, for probably a lot of reasons, but... You know, I am very patriotic and very American. So, like, I feel like I feel so blessed for the opportunities that my parents gave me for coming, you know, by coming to this country. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, like, everything that I do, I have to hustle hard. I have to give it my all. And um, if I'm going to go camping, I'm going to go hard. I'm going to go survivor. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to build a shelter. Like, this is the thing that I'm going to do. Like, let me eat some coconuts. <laughs> So I want to ask you too. Then, so last night again, you know, I know I know from enough of this, you know, with how the show is portrayed on TV, that a lot of times we don't really see everything the way that it is. Um, mm-hmm. Last night it was portrayed that it was kind of between you and Patrick as to who they were voting out. Um, but what, what were what was what was going on there? Why do you think um, Ali ultimately decided uh, to go with Patrick um, instead of and vote you out? Well, I think, so Patrick and Allie were neighbors from college. Like, they weren't best friends or anything like that. So I think it's a lot easier to trust somebody who you've known for, like, years, like, for six years versus six days. Oh, wow, so they knew each other. Okay. 
Yeah, and, like, they weren't, like, Facebook friends or anything like that, but they knew each other, and I think that that, like, small grain of trust is kind of enough, even though Patrick was, like, crazy. Well, I wouldn't say <laughs> Patrick is loud. Patrick is a howler. Patrick is a ham. Like, all of these things that make Patrick, like, such a fun person and such good TV, like, uh, they make him really <laughs> difficult to live with on the island. So I thought to myself, like, I don't, like, I'm on the outs. Like, I have no control. Like, I, I screwed up the puzzle. Um, the the only shot that I have towards staying is to throw this person who, you know, is is yelling and picking fights with people. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's that's the person that I have to throw under the bus. So were you? Was it? Was it a? Ch- I mean, was it close? Do you think? Do you think that Allie, um, you know, thought hard, long and hard about who to keep, or do you think it was a pretty uh, I, foregone I conclusion? So. It, was like, it was never an easy decision, um, but I do think that Allie. Ali would have believed that I would have been much more loyal because Patrick is pretty unpredictable. Um, and as a result of, you know, just, just spending that time together and her knowing that I was not connecting as well as other people on the tribe, I think that that's an asset to her. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, she's the person who controls the vote because, like, the guys, like, they're all romantic with each other. Like, <laughs> they can't stop, like, they can't stop stroking each other's egos. They can't stop performing for each other. But Allie is the person who's the best connected with them because Allie, you know, Allie's the strongest girl. And she has this, like, earnestness about you mm-hmm. or this earnestness about her that just makes a person trust her. Uh, so I was just like, if I had been saved in the game, it would have been by the grace of Allie. So you met, you just said it yourself there, but why do you feel like you didn't have or weren't able to establish, you know, connections with, with a lot of your tribe mates? I think part of it has to do with, like, so I'm from Worcester, Massachusetts, and, like, I have, I have like, this New England rudeness and, like, this New York. I, I lived in New York for a really long time, and I'm in Los Angeles now, but I had, like, this New England rudeness with, like, this New York realness. Okay. And so, like, I, I would have, like, very intense reactions to people, and then I would express them in kind of a negative way. So, like, Allie, you see Allie. She's basically a goddess. She's, like, the best-looking <laughs> person I've ever met in my life. And I would be like, oh, my God, you're so pretty. I hate you. And then I'm thinking to myself, this is the best compliment you can give a person. But Allie's thinking, oh, my God, this girl hates me. What's going on? Right. And I'm just like, no, that's not a thing that I tried to express. <laughs> and so, like, I – you know, I was I was trying, but I was also being like really open with people. Like I was not hiding anything about myself. Like I was not lying about like where I went to school. I was not lying about where I grew up. I was not lying about the fact that like I was having a difficult time. And because like I was so open with people, like I think a lot of people who are maybe not as willing to be open found that off-putting. Okay. You know, we saw, too, on TV that uh, Ryan and Devin um, had kind of a secret uh, bromance kind of bond going on, too, um, and Ryan had... It was not secret. It wasn't oh my secret. God. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan was so basically, like, loved by every person on the tribe. Like, even I, like, I wasn't trying to be charmed by him, but even I found him funny, and it was just like, oh, my God, like, this guy, this little one who is, like taking us all in like right. he's, he's charming the heck out of us like what can we do like this is the nicest person and i just thought to myself this person is a threat like oh my god like he has gotten everybody to like him this is crazy um so like if i had it my, my way like i was clearly thinking like ryan's the strongest social thread like like everything evolves from the social game so like why not vote off that biggest threat but people don't want to go with like 
you know, the strategic vote in the beginning. They want to go out with the easy vote, mm-hmm. the person who's like, like not contributing the most of the challenges and, um, you know, doesn't fit in as well. And in my case, that was me. You know, you mentioned not fitting in well, too. Like, Lauren talked last night, too, about how she felt kind of, like, um, you know, socially awkward maybe a little bit because, you know, with her job, she's always working by herself um, and, and, and kind of having problems connecting. Was there any um, – is it just a matter of she made more connections than you? Or, or why do you think people viewed Lauren that way? Let me talk about Lauren because I really wanted to work with Lauren because, like, you see a person like Lauren and you're just like, oh, like, you're so different, like, from me. Like, let's let's talk. Like, let's find some. So, like, Lauren, at one point, she was just like, oh, like, like I'm 35 years old and all you kids are, like, are, are in your 20s. And for me, that's, like, not much of an age difference right. at all. But she was, like, she was trying to express, like, oh, no, what was me? And I was trying to comfort her. So my boyfriend's, like, older than she is, and we've been together for a while. And so I tried to comfort her by saying, like, oh, Lauren, don't even worry about it. I haven't dated anybody under your age in, like, years. <laughs> and then and then everybody's head just turns, and I'm just like, no, that's not what I meant to do. I was trying to comfort you. And so then everybody thinks, like, I'm, like, this New Yorker age, like, gold digger because, like, my boyfriend's, like – Lauren's age and I'm just thinking to myself like oh my god no that's not what I meant to do so like I would mess up in little ways like that okay okay Uh, but Lauren Lauren is somebody who like even like you can trust Lauren because she doesn't seem like somebody who's going to play you Mm -hmm. um she's like a really straightforward person you know she works so hard she was contributing around camp and like I think we were the hustler tribe so like of course we're going to value that of course we're going to value one of the hardest workers um that's evident did you have any idea that Ryan had that super idol or anything like that was going on none none whatsoever and when I saw him get it on tv I was just like, yes, go, Ryan. I had no idea. Like, I'm living for this. Like, go, do it. I wish it had been me, but I was too busy not dying in the sea uh, for, for me to grab that secret advantage. So, you know, kudos to him. Um, you know, we like there was a lot shoved into the first episode. It seemed like a very packed episode where this episode kind of was more, um, you know, we had more time with people. We got to know some of you more. Was there anything um, – with your storyline in that first couple of days that you wish that they would have uh, addressed on TV? No, like I can't, I can't be mad at survivor or production at all because like I, I was watching that first episode and Katrina, like she's the only person who I've met who has a louder personality than Patrick. <laughs> and I, I felt like she was barely fleshed out. And so like, there is like my girl Katrina, like, uh, like she's getting voted out and like they're barely showing her story. Like, how could I be thinking about myself at that point? You know? Sure. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that the uh, production team, like they did a, like, a great job of like addressing how difficult it was for me. Um, and like, I still had like such a wonderful experience. So I can't even um, be angry about anything. Would you have made it? I mean, I know that you were struggling out there, but you were also showing, like, you gutted the fish and you were very willing. Even Allie said that you were, like, putting yourself out there and it was noticeable that you were trying really hard to kind of, you know, get out of your comfort zone. Would you have made it 39 days in, in this kind of environment had you uh, stayed in the game? Yes, because I'll, I'll be honest. Like, there were only two options for me. Either I was going to go early or people were going to forget about me and I was going to go deep. Because, like, you look at me and I'm not a physical threat. And I was thinking to myself, like, I put on weight for this. It's time for me to drop some pounds. Like, 
And even though I was struggling, like there was never a moment that I did not want to be there. Okay. Now like, I, yeah. I wanted to be there. Like I wanted to win. I wanted to make it to the end. And like, there are no hard feelings or anything like that, but given another chance to play, I would go in a heartbeat. Of your tribe mate that you, you know, obviously that you spent six days with, who of them do you think has the the best shot at going furthest into the game? And who do you think has the worst shot of winning the game? <laughs> Oh, okay. So, mm, okay. So it, it's kind of tough because um, there are, there are so many different elements of the game. There's so much randomness, and there's so many swaps and twists and challenges and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I I will say like the best player from my point of view is either Ryan or Allie. And I'm gonna say Allie just because like she's the type of person who um, like not only is she like wicked smart she's also so tough like she's played soccer like in other countries like you you don't hear her brag about it but like she's an athlete like she 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 does not rest like she works out like this is a girl who you look at and you're just like oh my god like it's so unfair that you're both smart and crazy good looking and on top of that like you can outperform any of these guys like that's crazy (laughs) unfair right yeah, yeah, but uh, in terms of like who had the best social game, like you got to give it up to Ryan. Ryan's like, Ryan's like the smallest guy out there, and like there was no question that he was not going to be the one voted out because like everybody was enamored. Um, as for like who is the most susceptible to losing, I think, I think um, Lauren, and not for the reason that you think. It's not, it's, it's not because she's like an outsider. I think the reason is like she, it takes so much to earn her trust, and when you earn her trust. Like, you have it forever. So I don't think that she would be able to see, like, a betrayal coming. Whereas, like, like I was an outsider. I was on the outs. So, like, I kind of had a feeling, like, it's it's me, so I have to scramble. Right, right. Um, so, like, you know, I think, I think Lauren, Lauren is, like, an old-school player. Like, she would, she would stay loyal to you, um, given anything. And uh, I feel like... Allie was a little bit more cutthroat. Allie would, Allie would do anything she needed to to win. Well, Simone, this was awesome getting a chance to talk to you again. Not as uh, early in the season as I would have liked to. You know, I would have rather done it early, uh, later in the in the year here. But um, this is super cool. I, I wish that we would have seen more of you on TV, um, especially after uh-huh. hearing from you here today. No, I, you know, it's great talking to you, and like I will always treasure Survivor as something wild and crazy in my life, and something that I did. And it was just for me, and it was so fun. And um, thank you. <laughs> no problem at all. Best of luck to you, all right? Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks. And there you have it. There's my uh, interview with uh, Simone, second person voted out of Survivor Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. Wow, I got it right. Sweet. Um, so uh, next week, same time, same place, uh, episode three will be coming at you next Wednesday. I want you to... To follow me on Twitter, it's at Tom Santilli. That's uh, T-O-M-S-A-N-T-I-L-L-I. You can also go to TomSantilli.com. I am a movie critic for Access.com. That's the letter A-X-S.com. But the best way is just to follow me on Twitter. Uh, I post all my movie reviews up there. I post all my Survivor coverage. That's what you want to do. Let's get interactive, too. Give me some comments. Throw some comments down on the podcast. Throw some comments down on my uh, written recap at realityt.com. And uh, I look forward to checking in with you guys next week as we recap Episode 3 of Survivor. Uh, So with that being said, 
Again, check out my Cancer Can Be Killed podcast that uh, was released earlier this week. Next week, uh, special bonus podcast is Survivor-related. As everybody, longtime fans of mine and followers, know that uh, almost every season I speak with Gordon Holmes, who is the uh, curator of the Survivor Hall of Fame. He is uh, one of the best Survivor writers out there. He writes for uh, XfinityTV.com. He goes out to the, the show. He's one of the few press members that get to kind of go out there the first couple of days of each season. He wasn't out there for season 35, but he was out there for season 36, from what I understand. But anyway, uh, Gordon is going to be joining me early next week in a special preview podcast. So uh, I'm going to be talking to Gordon. We're going to be giving you our thoughts on Survivor this season uh, through two episodes and uh, kind of, you know, just talking Survivor and talking shop and getting set up for episode three. So if you're a fan of Survivor, uh, you're going to want to follow this podcast. If you're a fan of movies, you're going to want to follow this podcast. If you're a fan of both movies and Survivor, you have absolutely no reason why you're not following this podcast. It should be your favorite podcast because that's all we do here is Survivor and movies. So, again, that's coming out. Look for that maybe Monday or Tuesday of next week. Uh, and then, again, the Survivor Exit Interview podcast coming next Thursday. That'll do it. I'm Tom Santilli. Thank you again. Follow me on Twitter at Tom Santilli. We'll see you next week, everybody. Be safe.